In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Three in One who notices us. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, two little legs almost drowning in a big ocean pool. That's how the 16th century Flemish artist Peter Bruegel painted Icarus. Now, if you don't remember your Greek mythology, Icarus was the right brother of the Greek pantheon. Basically, what he was, who he was, was this person along with his father Daedalus, who they were imprisoned on the island of Crete together because Daedalus had foiled a plan of the gods and so because of that he had to be imprisoned and he was imprisoned on this island of Crete without a boat and without a way to get off of the island and so what they did together Daedalus took wax and feathers from birds that were on the island and they fashioned together these wings that if they just beat their arms fast enough they could actually get up and fly. The only trick was Daedalus told to Icarus don't fly up too high because if you fly up too high then you're going to be too close to the sun and then things are going to go wrong. Things are going to go badly. Things are going to go like they did for Icarus. Because you see, Icarus couldn't listen to his father. Icarus didn't want to listen to his father. And so he started to climb higher and higher in the sky on these wings that he had. And he went higher and higher and closer and closer to the sun. And as he got closer and closer to the sun, those wings, well, the wax started to melt. And as the wax melted, the wings became disformed. And as they became disformed, well, Icarus started to fall faster and faster and faster until finally he plopped into the ocean. And that's the moment where Peter Bruegel takes a snapshot with his painting. This painting where Well, Icarus is actually just a little bit of that painting. Icarus is just a small, tiny little segment of that painting. You can see his two little legs kind of flailing around like a duck that just went diving. But it's not much of the picture. In fact, in the picture itself... There's not a whole lot that you can really see of Icarus. You see, in Peter Bruegel's painting, A Landscape with Icarus, what you have in the painting, in the foreground, in front and center, is, well, this guy, and that's not Icarus. That guy is a farmer who's plowing. And just a little bit further along, you have the shepherd who is there and he's tending his sheep and he's just a little bit less out of focus than what the farmer is. And then you have the fisherman who's here and he's casting his net off to the fish and he seems to be even more important 
Then Icarus and his two little feet that are just flailing about in the water. When you look at this picture, when you look at what Peter Bruegel is trying to say in that work of art, what you really see is that Peter is saying that no matter, no matter how amazing, no matter how creative, no matter how interesting, no matter how heroic or how tragic, well, most people are just not going to notice your life. They're going to be too stuck in their own perspective. They're going to be too concerned with who they are to notice something amazing and strange like Icarus falling from the sky and landing in the water. It's kind of a gloomy picture of humankind, but I think all of us can probably say that there's a little bit of truth to what Peter Bruegel has to tell us. That no matter what we do, no matter how great or no matter how small, a lot of times people aren't going to notice us as much as they notice themselves. That's what Peter Bruegel is trying to say, and that's what our reading tonight seems to display as well. That there's this story of these ten lepers. These ten lepers that are, well, they're not noticed by pretty much anybody in society. In fact, the only time that they're really noticed by anyone in society is when they get a little bit too close. And then the people from that culture say, get away from us. In fact, they are told that they have to wear their hair disheveled. They have to wear their, tor- their clothes torn in order to alert people to the fact that they are coming near. These ten lepers are used to being on the periphery of everybody's landscape. They're used to being in the backdrop. They're used to being unnoticed. They're used to being the people that never get seen. And so because they're used to being those people, when they see an opportunity to be seen... They do it with all of their might. And they cry out when they see Jesus. They cry out to Jesus and they call him Master. Now it's an interesting little note. These lepers are the only people besides the twelve disciples that ever call Jesus Master in this Gospel of Luke. And they cry out to him knowing exactly who he is. Knowing as well as what Jesus' disciples know. They cry out to him saying, Master! And Jesus calls them over. And he says, Go. Go and see the priest. And they run away. This time of year... This holiday, especially tonight and tomorrow, 
mark a very interesting time in our culture. A time when a lot of people feel unnoticed. A time where a lot of people feel like they are not seen. A time where people, for whatever reason it might be, feel like they're painted into the corner of somebody else's painting. That they're painted into that corner, maybe a little bit fuzzy, maybe some dark colors so that they just blend into the background a little bit better. And for whatever reason it might be. Maybe it's the reason that, well, everybody just seems to not like them for some reason. Or maybe it's another reason that some important relationship in their life has now disappeared. Or maybe the important things in their life have not been people. They've been things and achievements. And so because of that, well, these holidays coming up are difficult. And they begin to feel like they're off in a corner. And they're not really seen just like Icarus's two little legs flailing but not really noticeable but these ten lepers they come up to Jesus these ten lepers come up to Jesus and Jesus tells them go to the priest now that's worthy of notice if you have a leper going to a priest that means that what Jesus is telling them go to the priest show that priest that you have been made well because that priest has to be the one who says legally this person is cured and so as they're going they're running along it says and they're noticing that they have become clean and they're all running along and then all of a sudden you can almost really kind of get a feel for the pandemonium and the hooting and the hollering and all of the joy that they must be experiencing seeing I'm clean I no longer have leprosy I can go back to my family and you can almost see how the Samaritan got lost in all of that Because nobody notices that he's missing. They all run off to the priests. And the Samaritan comes back to Jesus. And Jesus notices that they're missing him. Jesus says, Were there not ten? What what happened to all of the other guys? Didn't they notice that you had stopped and turned around to give thanks? And there's that one Samaritan leper. The leper of lepers. Not only was he a raggedy leper because he had this skin disease and he had to tear his clothes and keep his hair disheveled, but he was also considered a traitor by the rest of them. But now he was at a different point in his life. He was at a point in his life where things were going to be different again. You could almost see the leper going back inside of his mind and thinking back to the moment that he found out that he had contracted leprosy. 
and how much of a change that would mean in his life. He would have to say goodbye to his family. He would have to say goodbye to his friends. He would have to live a different life. A life that would include him living with these Jews. These Jews who hated him. But because they were all lepers, well, it all worked out together. But now Jesus had healed them. Now Jesus had changed his life once again. And he was there kneeling before the feet of this man who had noticed him and noticed him so much that he had healed him. And looking into the future of his life and wondering what it was going to all be about. Because those people that have noticed him before, well, they didn't notice him anymore. They were too busy noticing their own healing. And it's only this one leper left at the feet of his Lord who comes back to give thanks. This one leper who's left there before Jesus. And Jesus says to him, Your faith has made you well. Go. And it's at that point that we gather together here tonight. That's our picture. That's how we're painted. That's what we look like. Both like the nine and like the one. Because you see, it's Thanksgiving. And this is a Thanksgiving sermon. But we're pretty good at doing the Thanksgiving tomorrow. As a culture, we're pretty good at saying, oh yeah, I should say thank you to God. Okay, good. Third Thursday of November, pretty much our entire country is okay with giving thanks to God. But how do we look in July? And sometimes we're the nine. But we're always the one. You see, we're always the one because the difference between the nine and the one is not that the one came back to give thanks. They were all healed. Jesus says, we're not all ten healed. The difference between them is that Jesus paints this Samaritan front and center in his picture. Jesus takes this poor sinner. Jesus takes you. Jesus takes you and he puts you at the center of his picture where everything else is off in the distance in perspective. And he paints you with wild, bright colors. He paints you with the red of His blood and the white of the forgiveness that He gave to you. He paints you so brightly and so colorfully and so in the center of His picture through that cross. 
which from that cross he made you the center of why he was on that cross. He made you the reason that he was there. Jesus knows what it's like to feel like an Icarus. Kind of furry and fuzzy and off in the corner and, and probably some subdued hues and some browns. and But he knows that that's never going to be the way that he paints you. And we know that that's never going to be the way that he paints us. And because of that, we give thanks tonight. Amen.